Hi, everybody, and welcome back to True Time. I hope you're all ready for this week's latest episode because we are going to be talking about the murder of Tristan Bailey. Hello to all the True Time listeners. Hello, everyone. How are you guys doing? Are you good? Bad? Everyone's fantastic. I know it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, you're welcome. Cool. (laughs) It is kind of funny. I wish you guys could respond when we ask like questions in the moment. That would be cool. Yeah, it feels weird to just talk and expect something from someone and there's no one there to respond with. (laughs) Interact with. Yeah. Yeah, that is kind of a weird feeling. Maybe we could one day do like a live podcast. That would be That's interesting. That's so much pressure. For would, you, maybe. Yeah, I would crack so fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even just talking to each other, I know we've probably said this a few times, there is still like a weird type of pressure. Yeah, because you just know people are going to listen to it. They're judging me right now. Like, like the microphone gets in front of your face and... yeah. That stage fright hits. It's a whole new level. But I think it would be kind of cool. Maybe someday. Palms are sweaty. <laughs> okay, Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to say too much. Might get copyrighted. True. I just said his name. I think that's okay. Oh, no, I was talking about me. That's oh, you're going to sing the yeah. song. <laughs> <laughs> but I hope you all had a great last week, ready to take on this week. Yeah, we hope you guys like the story. Yeah. It was an intense one. Mm-hmm. But now we're going to move on. I think you said this one's pretty scary or messed up too. Yeah, this one is really rough. I um, had a hard time writing it. My mom actually gave me this story. I think she saw a TikTok about it. Oh, you didn't tell me that. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She just kind of had a headline and a brief little background. But when I looked into it, I found a lot of sources and um yeah, you said it's, it's pretty current right yes it's very recent it's all it only happened in 2021 mm-hmm. and uh it does involve i do want to give a quick disclaimer it involves minors so okay it gets really upsetting it's really dark and it involves minors so if that makes you uncomfortable just letting you know now that's what's going on with this week's case Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And for everyone who doesn't know, like the gist of the podcast, I I do not know what's going on. So I'm going to be right there with the, on the ride with you guys. It's yeah. not, it's not fun sometimes, but it's, it's good to learn these things. Good to hear about these stories, keep up with this stuff. And I mean, sometimes it, it helps the people who are involved, maybe push past these things. Yeah. I'm not sure what's happening with this story, but I know a lot of these stories, it's good to sort of get the word out there. Mm-hmm. Like, what was that story that the the girl in Utah survived, and now she started that, mm-hmm. um, what's it called, foundation for mm-hmm. women who have gone through similar things. So Yeah, Brie Lastly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that spreading was a really these awesome words story. is sort of our goal as well. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. since this is current too. This story, the situation especially, deserves a lot of awareness from parents and children involved. Yeah. Uh, because it is a very real thing that happens every day. And the fact that what happened ended this way is just every parent's nightmare. 
Yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't know what's going on yet. Yeah, I know. It's still good to, it's hard to hear these things at first, but it's still good to sort of get the word out there. Teaches people a lot. Like I know you've already talked about a lot of things that you've learned with Mm -hmm. mistakes women could easily make in these situations. So yeah, mistakes anyone can make because in that moment you never know how you're going to handle it. But this story, it's, it's it's definitely heavy, but there is a really good lesson to be learned from it. But just overall, it was hard to write. It was hard to read, and it was definitely hard to, like, kind of not tell Dylan the story, but, like, let him know that it was it was a lot. So just a heads up. I know we're kind of going on about that. I just really wanted to let you know what's going on. Sounds good. So with that, I guess we'll get right into it, okay? Let's do it. All right, so this week's case begins in mid-May of 2021 in Jacksonville, Florida. Tristan Bailey was a 13-year-old girl who attended Patriot Oaks Academy and was a talented cheerleader with a bright, bubbly, and beautiful personality. She was one of five kids, having three sisters and one brother. The family called themselves the Bailey Seven. That's a big family. That's a big family. Do you know where she was in that? From... All I could find, I couldn't exactly see everybody's ages, but from pictures and life events the family has had, I think she was the youngest. Okay. It just it looked that way, yeah. at least. I tried to find it, but I couldn't locate a specific source. Yeah, I was just curious. Mm-hmm. So Tristan was described as a very loyal friend by her mom who said, quote, she was the kind of friend you would like to have. She always had your back, end quote, according to actionnewsjacks.com. Her mother also stated that she, quote, had a drive in her soul to be the best and always give 100% to achieve her goals, end quote. And this was evident from all the work she put in as a competitive cheerleader. Nice. Being a young teen, Tristan also loved to spill the tea to her mom and other friends' moms, which they all found funny, according to actionnewsjacks.com. She loved Starbucks runs with her sisters and to coodle, according to her family. What is coodle? (laughs) It's similar to cuddle, but apparently she made it very clear coodle was not the same, and she loved to have coodle sessions with her family. (laughs) It's cute. Nice. But most importantly, everyone loved how Tristan would remind all those around her how much she loved them all the time, according to actionnewsjacks.com. Sometime between 11.45 p.m. on Saturday, May 8th, and midnight, Sunday, May 9th, Tristan arrived home with her family after a night out. According to mercurynews.com, Tristan received a call from a boy named Aiden Fucci, a 14-year-old fellow classmate. At around 12.25 a.m. and shortly after, they arrived at a friend's home to hang out. Okay. By 1.14 a.m., there is surveillance footage from the Durban Amenity Center in the neighborhood of Durban Crossing of Tristan and Aiden walking home after leaving their mutual friend's house. Dang, she was out late. Mm-hmm. A little bit later, around 1.45 a.m., there is footage from a home surveillance camera of what appears to be Aiden and Tristan still walking together down the sidewalk. Can I say one thing about that? Yeah. It's pretty awesome, like, how everyone has sort of surveillance nowadays, so you can yeah. build the picture a lot better. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it's personal surveillance, not government surveillance, obviously. Yeah. But so, I think that's really cool how everyone can sort of contribute to building this story. Yeah. So I've seen quite a few documentaries and heard... 
from various podcast episodes, different stories all across the U.S. and how they mention like, oh, the neighbor's ring camera yeah. or the neighbor's... That happened with my uncle. Security we'll cameras. To, we'll probably have to do that story, but his mm-hmm. ring caught a bunch of stuff that happened with... Yeah. Sort of a story that happened in their neighborhood. But mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy now how much stuff you can gather just from people's security systems or doorbells, all mm-hmm. that stuff. And it's the best evidence because you cannot argue yeah. with that. Yeah. So... According to newsforjacks.com, at 3.27 a.m., the same footage on that camera shows something unnerving. Only one person is walking back in the opposite direction, carrying what appeared to be a pair of shoes. What the heck? A few hours later on Sunday, at about 10 a.m., it's Mother's Day, which meant it was time for a family breakfast. So one of Tristan's sisters went up to her room to wake her up but Tristan wasn't in her bed. Shortly after, Tristan's parents called 911 to report her missing. By around 11 a.m., the St. John's County Sheriff Department posted a Facebook message asking for any information someone might have about Tristan's location. Tristan's family also made their own personal Facebook posts asking neighbors and local friends to help look for her and send them any information their kids might have about her whereabouts. By about 5 p.m. that day, Florida law enforcement activated a missing child alert. There were tons of people out searching from law enforcement to family friends since the missing child alert was gaining a lot of followers through the media. By 6 p.m. is when the search came to a devastating end. A man who lived in the neighborhood, according to various sources, was either out for a walk or actively searching for Tristan that Sunday evening, when he walked near a wooded area by a retention pond in a cul-de-sac near the street Tristan and Aiden had walked on in the early hours of the morning. It was here that he discovered a body. Oh, no. By 8 p.m. that night, the police had officially called off the search and confirmed to the public that they had found Tristan Bailey. That's so terrible. The autopsy report showed that Tristan had been stabbed... 114 times. What the? 35 of them had been in her head and neck. And 49 of them were defensive stab wounds, meaning she was trying to defend herself. So places like her hands and arms had multiple stabs, according to newsforjacks.com. That is so many times. That's so... Someone had personal vendetta. It's disgusting. Yeah. Oh my God. I think the only other time that we've heard of like that many stabbings was like what the scream murders. Yeah, that one was bad too. I don't remember how many that was, but that was another like child. Like minors involved. Yeah. (sighs) Some of her stab wounds were so deep and malicious that they found the tip of the knife lodged in her scalp, according to newsforjacks.com. That has to involve. So much strength to be able to break a knife. I don't even know what that entails. Like, I couldn't imagine breaking a knife in half. It's... The child was the only one walking back. I don't think a child's that strong. You would think. I guess adrenaline is a terrifying thing. Goodness gracious. 
According to the sun.co.uk, inside her left ankle was the word karma, written in blue ink, and a smiley face was drawn on the inside of her right ankle. What the hell? The source says it isn't confirmed the killer drew those things, but it's extremely unsettling. Yeah, like, it, I don't think she'd be doing that under herself. It's a weird thing to write on yourself with yeah. a pen. Yeah. Especially when you were found dead mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. It just doesn't add up. <sighs> when police began their search for the murderer, the arresting of a suspect moved very quickly. Since the police were able to see who Tristan was walking with on various surveillance footage and the friends that they had been hanging out with earlier, most likely told the police they left together, police immediately began to investigate Aiden Fucci. Police located his home to be only 0.3 miles from where Tristan's body had been found, according to newsforjax.com. When they searched his bedroom, police found bloody clothes and sneakers that matched what he had been wearing in the video footage while he was walking with Tristan. Gosh. I don't when know they, what I just said, but gosh. I yeah. To say gosh. I know. It's just, it just gets worse. When they were sent in for DNA testing, it was a match for Tristan's DNA. Along with the physical evidence, police found something also extremely disturbing. They found a notebook that contained, quote, drawings of a violent nature, end quote, according to newsforjax.com. That's all they said was just he would draw. Oh, I've got descriptions. Oh, okay. Some of the drawings included in police reports describe them as having a, quote, satanic element, end quote, with pentagrams, and another was a drawing of a nude female that had red X's over her private areas along with multiple bloody wounds. What does that even mean? Exactly. Like, there's a very interesting psychological viewpoint on what that symbolizes. Yeah, I just don't understand why, I don't know, Maybe sexually he doesn't understand what, or he has some sexual drives that he doesn't understand and Mm -hmm. it disgusts him or something just isn't clicking in there that makes him hate women for that reason or maybe her specifically that he hates about that. It's strange. Because he wrote like karma on her. I don't know. Maybe she, he had feelings for her and then she did something. I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, of course from what I gathered, definitely do not have all the answers to those questions, but I'm sure they'll come out or more information will hopefully come out because yeah, there's, there's so much to unpack there. Yeah. She was also a very outgoing person, I guess. So mm-hmm. anything she does could be taken a wrong way by someone who's more introverted. Yeah. Doesn't understand how someone can be so open or fun with everyone, like nice to everyone. So. Yeah. People who have this, whatever he has, this darkness. I don't know. Yeah. But according to newsforjax.com, toxicology was able to confirm that there wasn't any evidence of sexual assault, but that handprints were found on the inside of Tristan's thighs and that DNA matched Aiden's. Damn. According to mercurynews.com, a diver also discovered a foldable buck knife with the tip missing in the retention pond near where Tristan was found. Okay. The murder weapon was identified as belonging to Aiden. However, before Tristan had even been found, he had been taken in for questioning. As he was placed into the back of the cop car, Aiden had his phone 
and took it as an opportunity to prove just how disgusting he truly is. He posted a Snapchat to his story that shows him in the reflective glass, holding up a peace sign and wrote, Hey guys, has anybody seen Tristan lately? He needs to be locked up. Because this was before, I'm kind of backtracking a little bit. This yeah, was before she was found. Yeah. So that he was saying like, oh, whoever is responsible for Tristan missing, like that guy needs to be locked up type of thing. <laughs> Even though it was him. Yeah. But he didn't stop there. What is going there. on in his head? So many questions. But he began taking videos as well. Oh my. According to the nypost.com, in one video he says, quote, we're having fun in an effing cop car, end quote. In another he says, quote, guess who's in an effing cop car, tripping dude, end quote. What? He just wants attention. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <sighs> he was placed into an interrogation room with his parents, and on video his parents said to him that Tristan was dead, and he was the last person to be seen with her. And his response was, quote, how is that my problem? End quote. What the hell? Yeah. According to mercurynews.com, Sheriff Report stated that his parents told him to, quote, find his story and stick to it, end quote, after they asked him what DNA evidence might be found and questioned what had happened in the early hours of the morning that they were together. His parents were asking him that? Mm-hmm. It's like they weren't aware that in an interrogation room there's audio Live and video. recording. Yeah. It gets worse. Also caught on the recording was his mother questioning what he had been wearing during the time, to which he responded that he had been wearing jeans. She asked if anything had gotten on them, and he whispered, blood. Her reply was to imply he had been wearing khakis, not jeans, she ended with, right? And Aiden nodded in agreeance. What? I'm not a parent. Never had a child. But... If my child murdered someone and he's telling you straight up right there, like, yeah, there's blood on my pants. I, like, that's pretty much saying he killed her. Mm -hmm. There's no way in hell I don't think I could ever, uh, like, help you. Yeah. I mean, of course, it's one of those situations, like, parents will do anything at all costs to protect their child, but. Murder. Yeah, I know. It's not okay. I just, putting myself in those shoes, like it's hard to say, but it's so clear as day. I would be terrified. Yeah, how could you ever trust them? But it would come out in the beginning of June that Aiden's mother, who was named Crystal Smith, was actually arrested for tampering with evidence. <laughs> I have no idea how they got this type of evidence, but according to the arrest affidavit, police obtained video footage inside their home of Crystal Smith going inside her son's room after he had been taken into questioning and retrieving his jeans. She then washed them off in a bathroom before hiding them. I mean, have you seen those TikToks that people have like home security systems in there, like actually in their house? But I don't know how they got it. Oh, well, if you have a warrant, you can obtain those things. Oh, interesting. Right. Okay. I mean, they can, it would have to be specific for that. But if they figured out there was a home security system in there, they'd have to get a warrant to obtain those recordings. Hmm. I'm pretty sure. 
Okay. The way I read the article, it wasn't described. It didn't say it was home surveillance footage. So that's why I, I was very confused. I was yeah. Like, how I just don't know how okay. else. Unless someone in the family just thought that that was wrong. I don't know if yeah. he had siblings or maybe I don't, his dad or. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know what that family situation was like. Maybe they recorded it. Yeah, something weird. It's just very weird for sure. Yeah. But she was released on a $25,000 bail and pleaded not guilty, according to people.com. <laughs> but I read like that'll come into play during his trial. Yeah. While police questioned Aiden, his account of what happened that night while they were walking changed multiple times. Obviously, in the beginning, he claimed that they simply parted ways while on their walk home, according to mercurynews.com. But once police asked him why it took over two hours for him to only walk one and a half miles, he tried to tell them that Tristan had grabbed him inappropriately, and he responded by shoving her back, which caused her to fall and hit her head. He stated he just walked away, never looking back, and decided to walk around the neighborhood by himself for a little after what had happened. With his stories not adding up, Aiden actually had a girlfriend who was also an eighth grader that had been brought in to talk about him, and what she told investigators was haunting. She told police that he had two knives he'd named Picker and Poker. The one named Poker was identified as the murder weapon. He would even use the knives and come up behind his girlfriend, put the knife to her throat, and pretend to slit her neck. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. According to newsforjax.com, he had confided in her that he could hear voices in his head when he was angry and that they would say things like that he was a disappointment, worthless, and to kill people. This is... I just don't know what to do about these situations. Like, as a kid... Even if she were to say something to, like, the school staff or, mm-hmm. like, they can't really do much about that stuff. Yeah. Or at least in the past, not much has ever been done when people do try to get help. Yeah. About a month before Tristan's murder, Aiden had told his girlfriend that, quote, he would find a random person walking at night, drag them into the woods, and stab them, end quote. He even called her when he was in the back of the cop car and said he was going to, quote, plead the fifth, end quote. She told police she knew he needed help and that she should tell someone what he had been saying, but none of his threats were ever reported. A friend of Tristan said that she never liked Aiden and that he was the, quote, textbook definition of what you would call a numb kid. He had no feeling towards anyone, no feeling towards himself, he is the type of person you would see as a murderer, end quote, according to mercurynews.com. With all of this evidence very quickly gathered by 3.33 a.m. Monday, May 10th, Aiden Fucci was arrested for the murder of Tristan Bailey. By 11.45 a.m. on Monday, it was announced to the public that Aiden had been arrested and charged with second-degree murder of Tristan. Shortly after this, thousands of people signed petitions to have him tried as an adult and for first-degree murder. Yeah, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Aiden was granted indigency status, meaning that his family could not afford a private lawyer, and he is now represented by the public defender's office. 
Shortly after this, it was announced that Aiden would be tried as an adult for first-degree murder. I'm so happy. Yeah. I knew, like, Florida, you have a lot higher chance of something like that happening, mm-hmm. probably. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm really happy that... Yeah. Because that's someone that's... I just feel like he's not going to come back ever. No. He's never going to change. Especially if they've already killed someone. Mm-hmm. At 14. Yeah. You don't change. At least psychologically, mentally, like, I don't even know. Yeah. I mean, there's some people later in their life, they make mistakes that can be reprimanded. But as a child already having those psychological issues Mm -hmm. and already breaking past that edge so quickly, you can't fix that person just by, like, sending them to rehab. Yeah, it requires extensive counseling and... I just don't understand how... I just don't even think counseling can break into someone's head and fix them like that. I don't know. According to newsforjax.com, state attorney R.J. Larizza stated, quote, The executive team and I reviewed all the facts, all the circumstances, the applicable law, and it was not a difficult decision to make that he should be charged as an adult. It's a sad decision and a sad state of affairs, but it was clear to us after we looked at what had happened that it was not only appropriate to charge the defendant as an adult, but it was really the only choice that we could make, end quote. Larissa stated that they had enough evidence of premeditation since, quote, every time that arm went back and every time that arm went down, that's premeditation, end quote. Yeah. 114 times, times two. Yeah along with the fact that he had told his girlfriend his plans to kill someone, according to news.wjct.org. Yeah, and there were those notebooks, right? Mm-hmm. This, is, this reminds me a lot of those uh, scream murders. Yeah, it does have some, similar, some similarities. Yeah. During his pre-trial conference that was held over video, it is heard that Aiden says, quote, please don't let the demons take my soul. The demons are going to take my soul away, end quote, according to people.com. Yeah, bro, you're done for. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) A big point to note here that we've kind of been talking about is if he has mental health issues and how any psychological evaluations will impact his trial, but a lot of that is still unknown, and quite a few reports state there isn't any evidence that he does have any psychological conditions, according to thesun.co.uk. Mm. within the weeks after tristan passing the community came together to honor her memory aqua ribbons tristan's favorite color were hung around the neighborhood her cheer team and local businesses held fundraisers to help raise money for the bailey family there was also a huge beautiful memorial celebration of tristan's life held on may 18th 2021 that hundreds of people attended all in aqua and white Many spoke during the memorial about how to know Tristan was to love her. That's so sad. Yeah. It's always amazing that so many people come because there's always more people that know you than you know. Mm-hmm. And it's so sad that they all have to come together to, I mean, you sort of celebrate their life, but. Yeah, I know. That's such, it's devastating, such especially so young. Yeah. 13, like, you just don't even realize how young that really is until something like this happens. Mm -hmm. 
it's heartbreaking but the yeah, trial man. hasn't happened yet so that is oh, still okay. something to look out for that should be coming up within the next year i would say mm-hmm. and it'll definitely be something to look out for and i'm sure once it happens we'll definitely talk about it yeah i mean we have one or two other cases that we need to keep up to date on so this will definitely be one that i'd like to mm-hmm. bring back to light once the uh trial goes through i read because he is a minor if he's found guilty he can be sentenced um life in prison but he cannot receive the death penalty yeah i sort of assumed yeah that i, I was gonna ask like about the death penalty because i know florida still has that mm-hmm. but i i sort of assumed that since he's so yeah. young they would not yeah even though he's that. being charged as an adult he's still a minor so he can't get death. yeah that makes sense but I would be extremely surprised if he doesn't get life. Yeah, if they're charging him as an adult. Mm-hmm. He's being held at an adult prison, just being kept separately mm-hmm. from other prisoners. Makes sense. Yep. Yeah, so that's kind of where the case is at right now. It's just devastating. The family, I, all my thoughts and love goes out to them because I couldn't imagine going to bed one night and waking up the next morning and this is what happens. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot mentally. Especially that goes on, on Mother's that. Day. That's heartbreaking. That is. So yeah. As we mentioned before, this story is it's upsetting. So young, the severity of what had happened to her. Yeah, it's so intense. It's it's devastating it's to the family, to the community. Yeah. So we definitely send our love to the Bailey family, especially since this is very real and something they go through every day. Yeah. But, you know, while I was reading a lot of the sources, a lot of attorneys and like psychological counselors weighed in on how important it was to always know where your loved ones are and yeah that's one that we talked about too with the location sharing mm-hmm. and if you guys haven't listened to that one yet location sharing yeah we a girl literally saved her own life by having her location on her mm-hmm. phone so that people yeah. could track her so that's really important it's really important to keep your parents updated to mm-hmm. for the parents to keep updated with their children yeah that late at night it's hard to I mean, do those things, yeah. especially when it's an unsuspected person coming after you. Yeah. My parents always told me like when I was around that age that nothing good's going on outside at one, two or three in the yeah. morning. So that was kind of the bigger notice, obviously in those articles to parents, but still good for everybody to know. I never liked being out at like a restaurant or bars that early. Like it just doesn't feel right. Yeah. But it's just disgusting that something like this could happen to children. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so obviously a really heavy story. We're all here for you. If you want more information, all the case sources will be linked. Um, And yeah, we'll keep you guys posted on when the trial happens, when when a date is set and everything like that. I hope Tristan Bailey's family sees the justice that they deserve. Yeah. That's all you can hope for. Mm -hmm. 
All right. Well, I mean, like we always say, it's hard to transfer all these things. But we don't want to end on these negative notes. <laughs> we sort of want to end with something to get, I don't know, your week started on a happier. Yeah. Thing. To kind of end on a positive note, find the light in these really dark stories. Yeah. So, of course, we're going to do our question of the week. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what was your, you came up with the question this week, so. Yeah, you helped formulate it with me though. <laughs> How did you? <laughs> uh, I think we kind of phrased it as what got you into true time and true time podcasts. True crime. Did I say true time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, only listen the to only true, time. true crime content you need right here. <laughs> no, but, um. Like, what got you into true crime? What about true crime podcasts keeps you interested? Yeah, like, what got you listening to true crime podcasts regularly? Mm-hmm. What intrigued you about it? Yeah. So, what was yours, Avery? Well, for me, I obviously primarily only consumed true crime content in the form of, like, documentaries um, I never really watched them on YouTube. I was more of like a documentary person. But once I learned about true crime podcasts was when I kind of shifted to more, to learning about more cases and because, Instead you know. of the big ones. Yeah, like more stories in a shorter amount of time gives you the opportunity to learn a lot more just to like gauge on how, you know, criminal justice gets involved, how families recover. There's so much you learn from hearing a vast amount of stories. Mm -hmm. So I was pretty early college for me, maybe a little bit mid college. And I started listening to these stories mostly in the car. Yeah. Um, sometimes in my room by myself, but it's very easy to get freaked out as a young girl in college. <laughs> but it was just how you could learn a lot about, like I mentioned, all the aspects that come with true crime. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, I had friends who'd be like, oh my gosh, have you heard this story? Like my roommate, my roommate and I watched a lot of documentaries and would talk about different cases sometimes and... Just being able to learn a lot about what happens that maybe makes the news a little bit, but then people just never hear about it. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And I feel like true crime has been given a lot of different positive lights and negative lights because this falls into this context that it's entertainment, but it's not entertainment in the sorts that like, or in the sense that it's, fun but there's a lot to be learned and it's serious but i feel like these victims and their families deserve everybody to hear their story yeah so i just like being able to learn a lot in a smaller period of time on podcasts and you kind of just build like your own personal relationship with the hosts Mm -hmm. even if you like obviously i've never met any of the true crime podcast hosts i listen to but their personalities and the way they tell their cases and how they highlight different cases. Like they're all so diverse. I learned something new. So I really like that. Which is what sort of inspired you to start your own podcast. Mm -hmm. 
you wanted to have your own connection with people. Like you saw that with the people you listen to, like you follow them on Instagram, yeah. you follow their life, you become interested in their personality. And then you also like the way that they tell the story, you learn something from them. So yeah. I think that's where you got your sort of motivation from was just seeing that from your own eyes towards them mm-hmm. and sort of bring that to light to others from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Nice. I would ask you this question in return, but <laughs> there's no answer. <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, I don't listen to true crime. I think that's more of like a male consensus in general. Mm-hmm. I do know some people at work, some dudes at work that do actually listen to true crime. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more rare than females. Uh, but the only time I ever started listening to it was with you when we were driving, uh, and it was, you sort of do get enveloped in the story because it can be interesting, but uh, those things just never interested me until we started doing it together. I've started to form a better understanding of why it could be interesting because like we were talking about in this story, like the psychology of it is pretty deep. Mm-hmm. Like it makes no sense to 99% of people Yeah, because these people are something completely different. And so that started to intrigue me more. I talked to you about like maybe reading more psychology books. Mm-hmm. I think that could help me also understand yeah. this side of life as well. And so not really listening to it, but doing it ourselves has got, uh, made me a little more interested about the subject. Yeah. So it's definitely for sure. Not everybody's cup of tea, but it is a very interesting community. Like the way true crime listeners come together, the way they share stories. Yeah, people like, are passionate about it. Yeah. The way you got me on Reddit, I was looking at Reddit like, last week i think Mm -hmm. and just reading the way people post everybody goes into it like this story hasn't been solved but i think it deserves some people's opinions what do you think about this and what's amazing is there's been quite a few cases lately that have been solved because of true crime listeners yeah like facebook Mm -hmm. reddit a lot of this stuff like people dedicate time yeah to helping out these cases yeah i think it's amazing And there's like a lot of really smart people who know how to find things that maybe others don't. And so it helps a lot that you have passionate people who want to help others. Yeah. They just want to help. They just want to provide insight, spread the word. It's amazing. It's sort of like a yin and yang. Like, yeah. Like uh, you have the evil of the people who have committed these crimes and then the people who are super passionately against this stuff, fighting against that and trying to help these hopefully wins yeah so yeah those were very long form answers to a simple question (laughs) but i know everybody has their own opinion about true crime and that's the cool part about true crime is people who listen their answers are usually pretty long because this is not just you know a simple category of content this is deep and it's real it is so i appreciate all you guys who listen if you want to share with me what interests you what got you into it and what keeps you involved in the community, I would love to hear because mm-hmm. I've been kind of my own, the only true crime community member <laughs> in my family and everything. Yeah. I have some good friends who like it too. And I've watched, like I mentioned, documentaries with, but 
it is cool to hear about how other people found it and how they participate and help and it's awesome so yeah with yeah. that so if you guys do want to answer back uh you can follow us on instagram facebook and tiktok with the at name of at true time podcast and then if you want to follow avery's more personal lifestyle and just fun things she posts uh you can follow her at avery e hamill so that's also on instagram facebook tiktok Mm -hmm. i hope you all have a wonderful safe healthy week yes and we will talk to you guys next monday sounds good all right bye everybody goodbye everyone